What's up, guys? I'm here today with a very awesome friend of mine, a 19-year-old Alexis Morgan. I'm excited to have her on, excited for you all to meet her. She's done some very incredible things, uh, genius at networking, great at closing real estate deals, and, well, a whole bunch of other cool stuff, but there's nobody more qualified to tell you about her than her. So, Alexis, welcome. It's good to have you. Thank you so much, Andrew. I'm, I'm really excited to be here. And you said genius at networking. I think that is a skill that I have not talked about as much. And it's allowed me to get introduced to some incredible opportunity. That's awesome that you said that. Thank you. Absolutely. So, so tell us a little bit about, well, first, where you're at, how old you are, where you're from, and, and what do you do? Yeah, so my name's Alexis Morgan. Um, I currently live and market in Atlanta, Georgia. I moved here a couple months ago to get close to the campfire, people who are doing deals. Opportunity was calling, um, originally from Richmond, Virginia. And so my story is a little bit um, non-traditional, right? I know that a lot of people come into real estate maybe after leaving, you know, wanting to get out of a job, wanting to pursue passive income. I actually ran into some of these books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I started learning about wholesale real estate and everything around revolving real estate when I was 18 years old. When I was a senior or junior in high school, coming off my junior year in high school, I started reading about what rich people do, what wealthy people do. I was so curious because I know that everyone has the same 24 hours. So I said, okay, they must be doing something different than me. I got to find out what they're doing. And so I learned about all that stuff. I, I read the books, I watched the videos, I took notes, and I still didn't have the confidence to pursue it. It took me seven months going through school, the traditional route. Um, I was gonna be an engineer. Um, it took me seven months to build up the confidence to then drop out and, and go full on in real estate. So now I've been full-time real estate investing in, in entrepreneurship um, for about a year and a half, almost two years. And it's been the best decision I could have ever made for myself, my life, my career, my friends, my family. My family's now involved in real estate. It's just been an amazing journey. So happy with everything that's unfolded. How incredible. You Something you said I want to ask you about. You said it took you seven months of school. You were an engineer. Uh, it took you seven months of school to decide to, to drop out and get into real estate. So how did you overcome that fear? Like going from engineer to real estate investor is quite a jump. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people ask me that, like, how how did you get over this fear? How did you like, how do you overcome it? And I honestly, I truly believe that getting rid of fear or, you know, trying to avoid it, it's not something that's possible. I think having the courage, being scared and doing it anyway is something that really allows you to take back your power. I mean, when I dropped out, I didn't know anybody that was in real estate. I just knew that if I could find those people, then I would be successful. So I think the number one thing that I had was something that we call faith, right? Faith and drive. I had faith and drive. I knew if I took action every day that I would eventually get closer to my goal. And then, you know, the faith and the belief that the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, would allow align me with the right people that could uh, put me in places that I need to be. That's incredible. What what would you say is the number one contributor to your rapid success? Because uh, you've had great success in the last year and a half. Yeah. Um, the number one contributor is consistency, showing up every day. Um, a lot of people 
number one, are not consistent in what they're doing. They're chasing one thing and chasing another thing. And it's something that we call shiny object syndrome, right? And it's it's an easy thing to, it's an easy bug to catch. Well, when what you're doing turns hard, you think there's an easier opportunity somewhere else. But we all know the grass is not always greener on the other side. Um, so the consistency of sticking with real estate, sticking with the network, sticking with the knowledge that I built, and having the skills continuously stack upon each other. The first skill I learned was sales. Then I learned how to underwrite a deal. Then I understood what's a good deal and what's a bad deal. And those two skills together, I've gained lots more now, but those two skills together would allow me to negotiate a great deal, right? So I think the consistency of showing up every day and consistency of staying focused on one goal in one industry and one thing, you know, that's been a huge part of my success. Um, and not only the success, it allows other people to invest in me. It allows other people to trust me because they know that I'm going to show up and do what I say I'm going to do. They know that I'm not just going to go off and then start to be, you know, an artist all of a sudden. I'm consistent in what I say I'm going to do and I'm, I'm, I'm all about it. That's powerful. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to share with uh, everyone listening. You know, we have a lot of young listeners, young entrepreneurs who listen to this podcast. And I know there's so much that they can learn from you and your rapid success and networking, which I want to talk about in a moment. And so uh, some of the number one keys that you use, because you're so such a master networker. That's something that stood out to me from the very early stages of meeting you. But before we get there, uh, before we went live, we was talking about how we met and uh, kind of our first interactions together in the real estate business. Share a little bit about that. Yeah, so we got introduced uh, from a mutual friend, Marcel Sunday, great guy. I think you did a podcast with him. Amazing guy. Um, really, really good uh, businessman and, and real estate investor. Um, he's great to chat with. He introduced us. And the thing that blew my mind when I met you, Andrew, is that Andrew would call these sellers and have like four, five minutes, sometimes even three minute closing calls. And that was just not my style of closing. I'd never seen anything like this before. I was taught like the whole seven or eight or a hundred step sales system that you have to go through building rapport, you know, upfront contract, digging into the pain. And my calls to close a seller are at least 30 minutes, at least minimum 30 to 45 minutes. And I met you and we were making some dials together, I think for some of your students and, you know, looking at the leads that we had and you would call these sellers and just knock out deals in three minutes, four minutes, seller finance, creative deals. I was just, I was just shocked. Like I can remember that day, like it was yesterday because I've never been exposed to someone who is so good on the phone, so precise and so straightforward and can lock down deals like that. It was, it was insane. Like, I still think about that, actually. <laughs> well, thank you for that. But what you didn't know is it wasn't because I was good. It's just because I have zero patience. <laughs> yeah, you're, I guess it's fair. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's, that's amazing. And uh, I, I had actually forgotten about that when you mentioned that be, before we went live here. I said, oh my goodness, we, we have to share that. So that's fun. Yeah. In doing that, what, what would you say your real estate investing business, before I, I get to the next question, what's your real estate investing business look like today? What, what are you doing? Yeah, so I have two main parts of the business, right? The first part is a, largely a wholesale operation. Um, we do get some creative deals in there and we acquire those and we keep those. Those are awesome deals to add to the portfolio. 
Um, but most of it is is real estate wholesale, cash deals, simple, you know, cash contracts that we reassign and make a profit as the the middleman. The second leg of it is a lot of lending. We do a lot of transactional loans. Um, we fund double closes. We fund EMD. We fund you know these seller finances, mortgage method situations where someone needs funds in escrow for two or three days to show that they're qualified for a loan. Um, we do those like we probably do four or five of those a week. I mean it, that's where a majority of um, of the fund comes from because wholesale, you know, we all know. It can be kind of a long process. You touch the seller, they're not ready. You touch them next week, they're not ready. You have to touch them a couple of times before they may be ready to sell. And for me, on my 30-minute calls, <laughs> then it takes it takes a good amount of time to, to get things done. So I really enjoy both parts serve a purpose, um, but that's what the business looks like today. That's awesome. Yep. So uh, we often hear in networking that it's about you know, giving before receiving. And I want to start down that topic a little bit of networking because I, I love your real estate uh, experience, your real estate business, and, and it's always inspiring talking to you. Yet networking, if somebody said Alexis Morgan, the first thing that comes to my mind is master networker. And thank you. <laughs> absolutely. And so I'd love for you to delve in a little bit more. Uh, about that, what is a way that a, a young entrepreneur can go provide value uh, to maybe a more experienced real estate investor or frankly, any business owner that they're wanting to network with? Yep. This is going to sound super ironic, but the first thing that I would suggest anyone to do that wants to go out and be a good networker is to sit with themselves and figure out what they're good at. You know, mm. it's hard to People go all the time, how can I provide you value? And what you're doing when you ask that question is giving the person that you're looking up to, giving the person that you're seeking knowledge from, you're giving them homework. And I'm sure every successful person has already has a list of 400 things they have to get done by 11.59 p.m., right? So as someone who's seeking something, you have to first find out what exactly it is that you can give. Um, so I would I would say as, as a young person who's looking to provide value, figure out you know, take an hour, take two hours with yourself in a notebook. What are my hard skill sets? What am I good at? What am I not good at? What can I excel at? You know, what hard skills do I have? What soft skills do I have? Am I a good communicator? Am I an introvert? Am I an extrovert? These are things you want to know about yourself. And then what you do with that information when you go to these networking events, I love asking people about themselves. One of my favorite books, How to Win Friends and Influence People. People love, love to talk about themselves. Tell me about your business. Tell me what you do. How did you get started? You know, you're achieving all the success. That's awesome. Congratulations. What are you still struggling with at this point? And I ask those questions out of genuine curiosity. I think genuine curiosity is one of the most underrated things. On these seller calls, I get to pain that some people have never, ever heard of because I'm genuinely curious. Genuine curiosity when you're networking. Why dentistry? Why did you choose to be a dentist? Why a doctor? What motivates these people? And as you ask these certain questions that people talk about themselves and they talk about themselves, you'll look at your tool belt, which you analyzed with yourself and say, which problem can I solve with the tools that I have? And then that way you don't have to ask someone, how can I provide value? You've asked about their story. You've made them talk about themselves. They trust you because they've been talking to you for probably five or 10 minutes at a networking event where everyone's trying to date around, right? And then you look at your tool belt and say, which problem can I solve with the tools that I have? 
and you offer them a solution right there. And then you set up a follow-up and boom, you have a brand new fit. friend, partner, private money lender, whatever it is, but you have now provided value without ever asking someone, how can I help you? How can I provide value? You have to ask the right questions to listen for the problems that you can solve. And you won't be able to solve every problem. I think networking, just like dating is a numbers game. Like everything is a numbers game. Calling sellers is, an, is a numbers game. So knowing that you're not gonna be able to help every person that you talk to is important, but I would determine what am I good at? What am I not good at? So that when you hear something, you know right away if it's something that you can assist with or not. That's amazing advice and uh, implementable advice. Uh, there's a couple more questions I'll ask later. And my the thing that I love about this podcast is at the end, when someone gets done, that they always have something that they can take away and immediately begin putting into work. And so I, I know there's going to be a lot of that in this uh, episode. So something I notice about you also, you've been growing a lot of your online following, your YouTube and Instagram. What's that mix look like to you of online networking versus in person? Yeah, that's a great question. I love that question. This is something that's not talked about. I love this. Thank you for bringing up things that are not conventionally talked about. My favorite thing to do online is show people what I do in real life. You know, I think that a lot of people can sit down and be a talking head and that's amazing. You know, everyone needs implementable advice. Everyone needs some some classroom sessions. Um, but I think there's a lot of value in the person that carries their phone around and says, watch me call sellers, watch me door knock, watch me do this, watch me X, Y, and Z and shows people while taking action. Um, I, I noticed that a lot of people have analysis paralysis and what that means is they do all the research before taking action. And the content of taking action, um, it inspires people. They, they want to get up. They, they're, they're like, okay, they, they, I see them doing this, I can do this. And so um, I, I'm not sure if that answers the question, but that's around what I try to make my, uh, my YouTube and my Instagram about. You know, this is me. Hey, I'm at a networking event right now. Here's the five questions that I plan on asking. And people see me go around and talk to people. Hey, I'm door knocking right now. Here's how the first door went. Here's the story of how today went. Here, hey, I'm calling sellers. Listen to this live seller call. Um, I love, I absolutely love doing content like that. Not only because it's fun for me to take action and like know that there's an audience watching, but I, I've had several people come up to me at meetups and say, your channel inspired me. What you're doing inspires me. And, you know, as, as much as I love making money and, and doing deals, one of the best things is that emotional um, bank account where it's like, wow, I'm, I'm changing people's lives. You know, I'm inspiring people to take action. I'm inspiring people to move forward with something, which is, is pretty cool. So important. I love that. Well, with, uh, so a young entrepreneur who's listening to this, perhaps their time and resources are limited. What, uh, how do they go about choosing? which networking events to become a part of or even finding the right networking events? Yeah, that's that's an amazing question. People always try to optimize for the best option. In the beginning, you have to get going. You have to get going. Choose one and go. If you don't like it, don't go again. I love that advice. <laughs> you like it, go again. You, I feel like people should only optimize for the best when you have um, when you have more resources to play with. If you have 
a thousand, if you have a thousand dollars or a hundred thousand dollars, what you're going to spend your money on in terms of investing is going to look different. Mm-hmm. If you have a hundred thousand dollars, you want to kind of optimize for the best opportunity. Always you want to optimize for the best opportunity. But the most important thing is to get going on YouTube. You want to get started. You want to get good. And then you want to implement strategy. You know, same thing when it comes to networking, you have to go out. You can't get good at having conversations if you haven't had your first one. And I would recommend that you just get started because your first one is probably going to be bad. So who cares if it's at a meetup that you're not going to return to, you know? (laughs) So (laughs) you have to get over that hurdle of I need to get the best and do the best and optimize for the best. You just need to get started. And then once you get started, you have some reps in, you can figure out how to tweak things and make sure that you're spending your time the most wisely. But try to do that from the beginning. You have no experience to go off of. You have no idea how to optimize for the best because you have no comparison, if that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. Now, uh, something that I'm sure you've dealt with, as we all have, and you you compared uh, networking earlier to dating. I like that. Uh <laughs> But uh, how do you face rejection? You know, perhaps a listener, somebody is, is listening and, and struggles with, you know, what if somebody doesn't connect with me or says something mean to me? <laughs> what if that rejection might look like? How do you face that, deal with that, and, and stay so positive? You just unlocked a memory in my mind. I remember the first time I pitched creative financing, it was to a fix and flipper at a meetup. Mm. I pitched creative financing, seller financing over 30 years to a guy who was finishing a fix and flip. And he just straight up, he looked at me. I was like 18 at the time, like first time ever pitching creative finance. He looked at me and says, I don't see how that will make sense for me. And he walked away. And I was just like, oh my God, this is the most embarrassing moment of my life. And rejection is something that you have to, you have to accept. You learn from it. You know, you, you will absolutely learn from it. After that, I learned why um, creative finance over 30 years is not good for someone who has a hard money loan or who needs to exit the property in six months, right? But rejection is going to be something that you're going to run into for sure, and you have to learn how to learn from it. You have to take what the rejection, take the nose, and what I would recommend you actually do is analyze what went wrong. Why did this not work out? And is it a good thing that it didn't work out, or should I try again? You know, you have to look at the rejection and the nose as stepping stones towards success. There's only one difference between um, someone who's broke and someone who's a millionaire, and it's that the millionaire never stopped trying. The broke person quit. You know, there's not a lot of big differences between people who are successful and people who are unsuccessful, except the person who's successful never stopped trying. That's a ride or downer. Yep. I like that. What's the biggest piece of advice you'd give to somebody who's starting or launching into business? I would tell them to, number one, get a mentor. People ask me, how do I get started? What's the best way to get started? Of course, because everyone's trying to optimize for the best, right? (laughs) They say, what's the best way to get started? I'll tell them the worst way to get started is to try to figure out everything on your own. The best way to get started is to go hire a mentor or work for someone who knows what they're doing. After you've done that, you need to get started. Don't don't try to learn anymore. Don't try to optimize anymore. You need to get on action and money-making activities only for at least three months. Hit the wall, hit the wall, get rejected, 
face up, face flat on the ground. But after that, you can start to say what's working, what's not working. But until you have that experience of failing, until you have that experience of action taking, there's not much thing you can, that you can really do. You have to get started. That's awesome. And I think that's so important because so many people either take the wrong action for years and never take the time to learn. Or I've seen people who get what you mentioned earlier, analysis of paralysis and, and just learn forever and never implement. And what you just described perfectly is that balance. And I love that. Yes. Someone asked me recently, like, how did I get to this point? How did I, how do I do what I do? And I say that I have found a great balance between learning and doing. Some people do exactly what you just said. They learn and they never do. Other people do and they never learn. And so if you can find that middle ground, your success is going to look like an exponential curve. You're just dropping golden nuggets right and left. I love this. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's what I'm here for. That, that's incredible. If somebody's listening, perhaps young or, or maybe not so young, and they're going, okay, how do I become a better networker? What's one or two implementable, actionable steps they can leave today and go immediately implement? Yeah, yeah. I would say, number one, definitely talk less and listen more. You want to spend the majority of your time asking questions or mirroring what the other person is saying. So let's say that the other person says they got into real estate because they want to create a better life for their family. Someone says that, oh, you want to create a better life for your family. And they'll then elaborate on why, what that means to them. You know, I would, I would practice the skill of asking better questions and or mirroring what these people are saying to you. And you have to be careful because it's human nature to talk about yourself. You know, when I started learning about, you know, psychology and influence and, and whatever you want to call it, I would catch myself talking about myself when it's like, it's just natural. You have to learn how to, uh, to ask these questions and to get out of the perspective of I'm here for me. You have to remember that if you are here for you, you're going to get what you want by helping other people get what they want. And you can only find out what other people want by letting them talk, by asking them good questions. So that's the, that's the piece of implementable advice ask good questions and, and start to mirror, you know, talk, try not to, I dare you guys to go to an event. You guys heard listening. I challenge you to go to an event and not talk about yourself the whole time. Two, two sentences max in each conversation about what you do. And that's it. Try to keep the conversation focused on the other person, play a game with yourself and see if you could get that done. That's a fun challenge. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Well, as we're about to wrap up here, Alexis, what's the burning piece of advice that you have that you just love to share, that purpose, that meaning that you love to share with people? Yeah, absolutely. So my my purpose, like I, I truly believe my purpose here on earth is to elevate the hearts and minds of other entrepreneurs. So if I could say anything to anybody who's listening, I would say to make sure that whatever you want to do in life, number one, take action and freaking do it. Don't make excuses. But make sure number two is with good intent. I think a reason why we get along so so well, Andrew, is because we're both out here making money, helping people, but we have good hearts. We have good intent. We want people to be successful. We want people to win. We want to see people do good and do well. Um, so you guys who are out there, you want to meet people, you want to help people, you want to do real estate. If you have good intentions, if you're putting good energy out there, good energy will come back to you. So 
focus on, you know, where your heart's at, focus on, you know, what, what energy you're vibrating out in the world and uh, just watch, watch what returns to you. Good stuff is going to happen. I promise. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing so many valuable insights along your journey. I, I know what you've shared today and what you're doing is already inspiring many, many and going to inspire many of the masses more. Uh, it's just incredible. And I look forward to having you back in the near future. And I just want to say thank you so much for taking time out to be with us today, Alexis. It's always good seeing you. Yeah, absolutely. It was it was my pleasure. And, and thank you, Andrew. I know, you know, we see each other on social media. We've supported each other for a very long time. We stay in touch. Um, what you guys are doing is amazing. I'm, I'm more than always happy to come on and chat with you anytime. Absolutely. Last question. Uh, where do people find you? YouTube, Instagram, etc.? Yeah, you guys can find me on any platform, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Alexis J. Morgan, A-L-E-X-I-S-J, Morgan with two N's, and you'll see me there with my smiling face, probably talking about talking to sellers or something, <laughs> something funny. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, well, thank you so much. Everybody go uh, follow Alexis. you get so much incredible value and see her path and her journey, and we look forward to having you back in the near future. Great, thanks so much. All right. Bye for now.